Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This episode is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com for more small batch roasted to order coffee beans and use coupon code MADCAP to save 10% on your order. I am Joe Darnell and joining me today is Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing splendid. Splendid. It's good to have you back on the show with me. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen my friend. And uh, we're going to talk Splendid isn't a word that we hear very often. Except in the context of coffee. Splendid. Yes. That's right. That's a splendid roast. Um, we're going to be talking about coffee flavors, coffee tasting, and identifying those flavors for yourself. We're also going to introduce a Keurig coffee on the show. Talk about our opinions of those coffee makers. If we're bold enough, we may actually uh, get somewhere with that discussion because that's one that's been in the pot incubating for a long time for me. You know how they say in – what is that show? Uh, they say winter is coming yeah. and it's become the, the whole meme of the internet. In, in my brain for the Top Brew series, it has been Keurig is coming. The K-Cups are coming. The K-Cups. Yeah, it's it, it's something that, that really does need to be talked about because it's it's a huge part of, of the coffee industry. And if coffee nerds don't address it or attempt to address it, then we're just clo- – we're close-minded. Yeah. <laughs> we're not close-minded. We're going to talk about it because we care about everybody's coffee experience. Sure, Absolutely. All right. So you want to talk first about coffee tasting and you wrote an article, Eric, on your website's blog about coffee flavors tasting. You want to elaborate? Well, it's nothing different than I guess I've spoken about in previous episodes, but it was just a, an opportunity for me to uh, put all these all these thoughts in, in one place. And what what really sparked it was a video that, that you posted last week on the Top Brew site Yes, it was uh, Basecamp. Basecamp. Um, yeah, they, they, they took what I assume was uh, employees who they would consider themselves um, elitist coffee drinkers, you know, snobs, um, fussy coffee drinkers. They didn't try to hide the, 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 the fact that they were putting two coffees before them. One was a McCafe and the other one was um, – I don't, I don't know. I don't remember who the roaster was, but it was a, it was a, it was a $46 bag of, of – uh, Fresh roasted coffee, right? And they made them both in a Chemex. And have they, you have you ever had a forty six dollar roasted bag of coffee? No, not that I'm aware of. Me neither. I mean, like I thought we were to the high end. Yeah, like, I, um, th- that that makes me feel like small fry. Yeah, for all the coffee yeah, I have so, sitting on my coffee station. Yeah, we're almost right now. giving our coffee away um, for uh, if you want to compare it to that price. But um, <laughs> and and I would be interested to know if that included shipping because Thrasher Coffee includes shipping. Whoa. Um, just throwing that out there, but it was it's it's interesting because um, that they they treated them both the same. Just they they treated them like you would like you would treat any any specialty coffee. That, that it was fresh ground, um, it was made in a Chemex. Everything was measured. So technically, the only difference between the two cups was the coffee beans itself, and these um, self avowed fussy coffee drinkers had a hard time identifying which was which, which is, which to me is interesting. Well, what I noticed was that there was no consistency. Like you would have expected like in a a Pepsi taste challenge. Uh, Did I see Pepsi? I I meant Pepsi. I knew what you meant. Yeah. I I, I speak wrong. Um, You speak real good, Joe. In the Pepsi challenges, uh, they'll have like uh, unmarked cups of uh, Coca-Cola and uh, Pepsi and people will try them. And they're trying to prove a point with whatever uh, random audience they have that 
everyday people enjoy Pepsi as much, if not more, than they enjoy Coke. Yeah. And it, it just depends on where you go. It depends on what kind of people you get, how much they've had to drink that day, if they're ready for something sweet. Mm-hmm. There are too many variables. Right. But when they did it here for the Olympics back in 96, the, in general, the, the, it was so amusing to stand by – the the by the where they were doing this and watch for hours as pretty much everybody was agreeing that Coca Cola was better. Oh really? And yeah, it, it, there was just barely anybody who was going for the Pepsi. So and who who was putting it on? Did, did Pepsi have anything to do with it, or was yeah, it, it all was sponsored the, by Coke? It, it was Pepsi's event. They were sponsoring this particular oh. event at the Olympics. <laughs> yes, and the 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 people doing the taste this test is, were. This astonished. is in Atlanta. I mean, we're we're in we're in we're in Coke Central, right? And so the point I'm trying to make here is that a lot of what influences our tastes for coffee is wired into us and doesn't have to do with the drink. Do tell, Joe. What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, just think about it. Like whatever is the capital of Pepsi in America, those people there probably enjoy Pepsi more than Coke. And I don't – maybe it's because I I live in Atlanta, but I have no idea where, where is Pepsi even made. I don't know. It's so, <laughs> that's kind of so, weird. It's somewhere on the globe, yeah. I think. Yeah. It, it may be done in China for all I know. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's – there's just like Coke, you know, Coke – like every Coke in the world isn't, isn't brewed here or isn't made here. I mean this is where the Coke Museum is. This is where the, the, where the word all started. This is where the, where the recipe is, is held theoretically in, in the right. vault. And um, I, don't, I don't know that there's, that there's like a, a story about Pepsi – I mean, I'm sure there is, but yeah. I, just, I just don't know where that town is. Right, like the town of Hershey. You go there, and you're, if you're eating chocolate, it's probably Hershey chocolate. That's just because. That's where I grew up. Yeah. So uh, I think that well, uh, even you take so you take these people taking the the blind taste test at uh, base camp. You're kind of confusing them because some of them would be uh, coffee enthusiasts. Some of them would just be uh, untrained coffee drinkers. And none of them are connoisseurs or professionals in the coffee industry. And then if you prepare these coffees, maybe, uh, you know, people's ability to taste the difference is weak because the coffee you have in the morning will taste different than the coffee you have in the afternoon, even though if it was prepared in exactly the same way with the exact same bag of beans. Right. So I feel like it's practically impossible to get – a, a majority's opinion that one coffee is superior to another because uh, you catch me after right after I've had like say a Big Mac or something ridiculous like that. And if I try Big some Macs McDonald's are coffee. not ridiculous. Um, Take that back. Okay. I, I'll edit that out. Okay. Thank you. You try some coffee right after that with or without sugar and cream. It may just work for you, especially on how refreshing it is depending on how you know, thirsty you mm-hmm. are. Um, you know, how hot the beverage is. So going back to the people that were on camera for base camp, did you notice that all of them were like unaccustomed to the fact that they were on the camera? Like n- none of them are experienced and feel natural being on camera. I imagine that some of their, their mental faculties were preoccupied with the presence of the camera while they were also trying to justly give a taste test. Well, yeah, probably, but that would have went both ways. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't give, it's not like like that gives any advantage to one or the other. Yeah, and so what we saw is the taste test and the opinions of about eight people who all got up a different in different ways that morning. That all had you know different amount of sleep the night before. Who all had a different breakfast. So you know there there are just too many variables. And what we got from that was no consistency. And th- that's why 
when it comes to taste testing, it, it is really a matter of your own opinion and how well you can articulate it to others. But usually, like, you're not going to be able to appreciate the tastes of others. They're not going to be able to appreciate your tastes because it's a singular experience. So we all eat a pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni pizza is my favorite, but everybody else in the room, it's pepperoni pizza is not their favorite pizza. I think this is the best pizza we've ever had because it's, it's a high quality premium pizza. It's, it's really made well, but then everybody else is predisposed against pepperoni pizza and they, they, when they eat the thing, they think, oh, it's just a pizza, whatever. You know, I'm not going to not eat pizza, but it's pepperoni, and that's not my favorite. So it's just another pizza to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really hard to pin down how, how you can prove that the $40 coffee should be superior to an individual's tastes. Well, I guess, I guess from the – I mean you would expect a $46 bottle of wine to be better than the, the $12 bottle of wine, whatever that means. Whatever that that better means, the fact that 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 they they took greater care with the forty six the the vintners, well, you know that they they took greater care putting that that wine in, into that bottle, the percentage of of uh, rotten grapes or or maybe overripe grapes that went into that batch is much lower. I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that you can use to define what better means. If this thing proves anything, it proves that look. McDonald's is making a pretty decent cup of coffee, apparently. <gasps> uh, you know, t- to the point that people, when they're given the 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 two coffees side by side, a high end specialty coffee and McCafe, like none of them went, "Whoa, well, get this out of here! This is this right. is far superior." No, I mean it was they were they were having a difficult time with it. Right, I would not be inclined to probably spend the forty dollars on that pound of coffee just because if it, if it's indistinguishable. From the Mick Cafe, I'm going to move on. I'm going to find I, something else. But I don't think it is. I don't think it is indistinguishable. I think there's there's definitely differences between them because there's differences between any coffee. In fact, like you like you already pointed out, there's differences between the same coffee depending on the time of the day you drink it. Like we made this morning, we made we made a couple cups of coffee using an AeroPress out of the same bag. But what rolled out of that bag were different beans for my cup and for your cup. They're different. They're, each one of those has a unique characteristic that when you mix them together, they have a, a general taste. But if you just took – and it would be very hard. But if you just took one of those beans and made a tiny cup of coffee with that one bean and, and, and did that 20 times with 20 little beans, they would each have their own unique flavor. That would be a cup of coffee for ants. But it's the, it's the aggregate. It's the average. You're taking all of those beans, mixing them together, grinding them, and – you're getting a consistent flavor while those beans mixed together, not of each individual bean. Like every every tomato off of a off of a singular plant doesn't taste the same. That's right. It tastes pretty similar. Yeah. Hard to pick out. But I think that's that's what, what this is really pointing out. And this is what the specialty coffee industry does with its with its cupping form, is it it tries to take the subjectivity out of it. You know, when when you're asked the question, which do you like better? Well, that's, that's, that's a totally subjective question. That's interesting that you point that out. That is a big deal that it seems like the, the large industry that serves coffee for Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and provides the generic 
grocery store brand packaged stuff that's pre-ground or not pre-ground, just whole beans that you can get in the grocery store aisle, that all those guys are trying to create a consistent cup of coffee that you'll get from an electric drip or a Keurig. So you know, whatever they give you, they, they think that the bag you buy uh, today should be the same as the bag you buy in June. And it's not. It's, it, it can't be by definition. Right. And what's interesting is how the, the artisanal coffee makers are trying to do consistency their way. But what ends up happening is they're, they're just – they're blind to the fact there are going to be so many subjective variables oh, like this you've is, already pointed out. Yeah, this is something that, that, that every, good, good everybody coffee, in the food industry yeah, – in, Good coffee is about getting a high-quality experience out of every cup, but it's not about consistency. I mean not really. Well, it can – and this is, this is something that, that, that you and I were talking off, off mic earlier this morning. This is from Stanford. This research fluctuates depending on how the study was run, but it, but it says that research has proven that every one of us completely regenerates our own skin every seven days. A cut heals itself and disappears in a week or two. Every single cell in our skeleton is replaced every seven years. So as people, as humans, we are different. We are constantly changing because our cells are constantly regenerating. We're, we're changing molecularly as a, as a, as a being you know, like the old the old Buddhist thing, you you can never step in the same river twice, right? Because it's because it's it's constantly yeah. moving. Well, so are we, but we think that we're we're always the same. You know, what I tasted yesterday is well, it's gonna it's gonna be how something tastes tomorrow, but it doesn't. Right, and that's and that's what what I tried to say with this with this blog article is that our expectations change even before you taste with your nose or before you put something in your mouth. It may not even be something you think about consciously. What, as soon as you're, you have the cup in your hand and you're bringing it to your mouth, you're thinking about it. And I think the expectation level here between the base camp employees was that, well, this is, this is going to be easy. This is going to be obvious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taste the McCafe and I'm going to taste the other one. It's, and it's going to be – it's just going to make itself apparent. Well, it doesn't because they don't know what they're looking for. They're, they're, not, they're not trained tasters. And, and I'm not saying you have to be a trained taster in order to, to note the differences between coffee. But um, – on the the specialty coffee, the SCC, the SCAA cupping form, it it has about ten categories, and and what you're what you're going through is you're trying to pick out um, what's the acidity on this. Rate the acidity, rate the sweetness, rate the cleanliness of the cup, rate rate the uh, um, the mouthfeel, rate the body. So you're 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 dealing with each each coffee at its component level, not so much as a well. So what do you think about that? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Well, it doesn't tell me anything. Right. You know, tell me about the individual components of that coffee. And then we're having more of a conversation that we can take all these 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 grades that you gave it, add it together and come up with a score. Oh, that's an 83 coffee. It's a good bean. It's not great. It's not outstanding. It's only an 83, but it's but it's pretty good. Right. As much as you possibly can, take the subjectivity out of it. It, it really doesn't matter if you like it or not. Mm. I mean, it's important to you. You know, are you going to want to drink that coffee? But it's not it's not relevant to the fact that where does this coffee lie in relation to others? It's technically better, but how is it better? Hmm. In what way is it better? Not just do I like it or I don't. Hmm. Let's go ahead and thank our sponsor. Uh, Thrasher Coffee is our sponsor, as always, and I love those guys. And uh, I, I thank them for keeping Eric employed as an, the awesome coffee roaster that he is. Thrasher Coffee is the craft roaster from here in the South. Their brilliant coffee specialists roast whole beans to order and ship them to your home and the office. You'll always have the freshest cup of coffee from Thrasher Coffee. 
I was on the team uh, that started Thrasher Coffee a year ago in, in April. I think it was about April 24th of 2014. And one of the many pleasures of working with them to design their site and coffee packaging at the time was the unlimited supply of exotic coffees that ha- we had in the office around the clock. And flash forward to today, Thrasher sells four roasts. And they have the Homestead Medium Roast, the Pioneer Medium Dark, the Prospect Dark Roast, and the Medium Dark Liberty Blend. And my favorites are the Pioneer and the Liberty Blend because I like the balances between the medium and the dark that they roast these two. And you really can't go wrong with any of them. So I suggest that you try them all and find the match for the one that suits your tastes. You can order Whole Bean Thrasher Coffee by the pound or join a subscription and have it sent automatically every two or four weeks. And if you want to switch roasts on your subscription from time to time, you can always log into your account and change it up. Top Brew listeners will get 10% off of their purchase with coupon code MADCAP at checkout. Thrasher Coffee Roasts responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small-batch coffee to their discerning customers at an affordable price. So thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, which is this podcast and the website. So are you ready to move on to the the epic conversation of the day? Of course. Uh, Keurig coffee makers, K-Cups, and the horrors that they wreak on society. I'm supposed to be this coffee snob, so let me get out my cup of coffee. That's 100% not K-Cup coffee. All right, now I'm getting over my coffee snobbery. Let's <laughs> let's talk about this for realsies. My first experience with K cups was, I think, with um, my some some relatives, distant relatives, and uh, closer relatives that were all talking about the rage of the coffee because they were like, "Hey, I can finally have co- a Starbucks coffee at home, just the way that it's made at Starbucks. It tastes exactly the same." <laughs> that that was actually how it all got started in our place because uh, there was uh, the ability to to get like K cup Starbucks coffee, and the relatives had gotten the coffee maker. They they really didn't know the terminology. They didn't really know what to call it yet, even though it was a Keurig, and they were using the Star cups uh, Starbucks K cups, and it, it was interesting, right? Because they thought that they were taking their coffee to the next level because they were Starbucks fans. After that, we got married in 2007, and me and my wife probably got three Keurig coffee makers as wedding presents. <laughs> and we just assumed, oh, okay, it's all the rage. And back then, I wasn't really a coffee enthusiast. And so we set one up in our kitchen, and we tried the coffee. And I wasn't even drinking coffee all that much. But the reason for it was that I didn't especially like sweet drinks. I didn't especially enjoy uh, the inconsistency of, uh, you know, milk and dairy products in my drinks because, you know, if you get a fresh, um, uh, you know, thing of half and half or whole milk, then it's going to taste good today. But if you're not really paying close attention to the expiration date, then it starts to turn and change on you before it reaches the expiration date, mm-hmm. right? right? And when you get married, you don't have the kids to help you uh, get through all the, the, the dairy products in two days. <laughs> so it was me and my wife, and we would have a gallon of milk, and we would, it would suddenly shock us when we would pour some and be, oh, dang it, this has gone bad, and we, we hadn't lump, used it up. The lumps in there, yeah. So, so in general, I had very bad pos- negative experiences with uh, coffee in general. And Liz, my wife was enjoying the coffee from the, the Keurig the most. Uh, but 
again, why was she enjoying it? Well, we, her past experience was drip coffee makers. She had ventured off to enjoy some French roast coffee. And when she had tried it, she knew it was great and delicious, but she wasn't going to make it at home. It just, she wasn't going that direction with her tastes. So she would consistently get the Keurig coffee just because it was more convenient. Right. But then what's interesting is that she found it was inconvenient that it was only making one cup at a time. It, it just goes to show that for some people, even the Keurig coffee maker isn't convenient enough because you want it to be at the ready. It's all about the convenience. It's not about the flavor so much. Yeah, it's what I guess Alton Brown would, would call it. It's a unitasker. It does one thing and and it it does it well. If you're one of those people that, that just want a single cup of coffee in the morning, Keurig really does does a decent job. Um it is convenient. You can you pop the pop the pot in there, put the water in, hit the button, walk away, you know, go do your 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 morning your morning routine or whatever, come back and it's it's ready. I mean that, that that's fine. But if, if you ever need to make multiple cups of coffee, it is it is pretty much a drag. Yeah, it would not be good for the office because if you have twelve coffee drinkers and they all hit the their break at the same time and they start forming a line for the Keurig. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. And But I've seen some small businesses that try to go that way. So they wind up having multiple Keurigs, and then they start filling up the trash cans a heck of a lot faster with all the K-cup disposal stuff. Yeah, and you're also spending quite a bit on coffee. And that's something that I, ha- I haven't really argued with a lot of people, but they seem to get the impression that you're actually saving money on K-cups. Is that true, Eric? I, I I don't see how that can possibly be true. I think it varies because not all the K-cups cost the same price, but it, it just stands to reason when you buy by the pound that you're getting per you know ounce of beans or ground beans, whatever, even if you want to go with a pre-ground coffee, right. you're going to be making a cost savings than you would with the K-cups. If previously you were you were making a pot of coffee every morning and you were only drinking two cups out of it and then dumping a half of the pot away – yeah, you're not wasting that coffee. So if you want to consider that uh, a waste of money, well, maybe. But that that pot of coffee really only cost you about a dollar to make, um, eighty five cents maybe. You know, depending on 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 how much you spent for your grounds. Right. And so either way, it's not going to break the bank. We're not saying that you know don't buy cured coffee because it's expensive. No. You know, yeah. It, it, but it's, but it it's always it compared. It's a cost savings. Of going to Starbucks, you know, don't stop at oh. Starbucks in the morning because that'll cost you three dollars at minimum for a cup of coffee. Make it at home. Make it at home with our Keurig machine. But that comparison is inflated because it's not three dollars for a black cup of coffee. Maybe if you got the venti, maybe in downtown New York, if the prices are just already steeper. But if you go anywhere to a Starbucks in my town, you just get like a a grande. You know, it's it's not going to be two bucks. You know, but still, it is more expensive right. than anything you brew at, at home in the kitchen or at the office kitchen. Yeah, I think the cost savings argument is is a is a little bit overdone because when you buy a, a box, almost a dollar a pod. I mean, you're you're looking at at like like maybe maybe a third of a pound of of, of coffee. Here's here's a bag of, of 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 ground coffee that's twelve ounces or a pound, and here's here's what I get out of a box of. Of curing, you're not saving money there. You may not be wasting, you may not be dumping coffee down the drain, yeah. but you're not saving money. <laughs> Up to this point, we've we've kind of elaborated on how easy it is to make coffee with the thing, how convenient it is. That's that, that's its, its main feature. It's convenience, I think. Right. 
that the cost savings is really not there. It it depends on what what you're comparing it to. Yeah. So it depends. What do you mean by cost savings? Yeah. Like, are you picking up um, craft roasted fresh beans from the local roaster, taking them home and using them with your Kalita and a you know a two hundred dollar burr grinder? Well, I don't think that we can really make an honest comparison there. Right. So the thing, though, I think that we as top brew people are supposed to be addressing is what is the coffee you end up with in the cup, the brewed quality of the coffee. And uh, first of all, it seems like, again, your average coffee drinker is quite accustomed to stale, not so fresh coffees. Which which is what it's going to be. Even even though it's air sealed and it was you know done with a lot of care at whatever kind of factory you know K cup factory they got, in you can make it stronger or weaker dull coffee. It's not going to be fresh. It's like if there was a way to preserve a loaf of bread for you know a year, no matter how well you preserved it, it's not going to seem fresh. Right. The the flavors have become very dull. I mean, what you end up with is something that just seems boring. It's not especially balanced in a good way. It's balanced in just a boring way that there there isn't any kind of zing to the flavors. And we're talking about stuff that strikes you as herby or savory or fruity or nutty or sweet. If you get some sense of flavor, it's false sense of flavor. Like ooh, that that that's a uh, you know it's kind of acidic. And therefore, you think, oh, it, it seems citrusy, right? But is that really flavor? No, it's not. It's not really flavor. I, and this has been my experience with K cups. And look, I, I'm I'm not a uh, a coffee snob hypocrite. I've used Keurig coffee for well over a year, mm-hmm. and I remember those experiences because that's what we were using right up to the time that we were switching to French press coffee. When we switched to French press coffee, it was so much better that overnight I stopped using the Keurig. Yeah. And no time at all that the uh, the Keurigs just started to collect dust. So we got rid of the thing in a yard sale. Yeah. At one time, we what mattered to us most was the convenient coffee. Yeah. And then what happened to uh, to matter to us later was a delicious cup of coffee. Yeah. I would say that it's certainly a step in the right direction. A a Keurig is a step in the right direction from um, ground the coffee right, in a, an electric drip machine. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say you're, you're, you're moving in a positive direction there. You're getting a better cup. It's, it's going to be quite similar. The grounds in, inside that pod are as fresh as they could be, I guess, but, but you want to make sure you're looking at the date when you buy pre-ground coffee, it's, it, it's, it's going to be essentially stale. They have all sorts of packaging tricks, you know, flushing it with nitrogen, making it inert in the bag, you know, making sure no oxygen is in there whatsoever. And they help. But it, it helps, sure. But it's still it's still not the ideal. But if you're in it for the convenience, if 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 you don't if you don't care, um if you just you just want you want a you want a cup of coffee in the morning to walk out the door with, that's gonna be good enough for you. We when we talk about quality, what we're usually talking about is the freshness, which supplies rich flavors. It's part of it. And then on the flip side there is the desire to have the ultimate convenient cup of coffee. And that seems to be what a lot of people think the Keurig is. It's, uh, it's not necessarily easier to clean because you have to take the time to really clean out the machine every, right. every few months if you want to keep down the molds and fun, you know fungus and whatever else that can get in there. Because you've got a water reservoir that you're constantly filling. And- yeah, you always want to use as pure 
water product as you possibly can. And then you, and then you have to, you know, just maintain your, uh, your supplies, you know, so you're always buying more K cups and maybe someday you're trying out some different kinds of K cups on Amazon or wherever you pick them up at the grocery store. And you realize how much these things are actually costing you, you know, so then there comes that day when the cost matters to you more. So you fall back on some other method, three, three variables that seem to matter most. And it's up to your own choosing. Can you get the cheapest coffee? Can you get the most convenient coffee? Or can you get the most delicious coffee? I try to go for the coffee that tastes great to me as best as possible. Now, if I were removed from my own coffee maker tools and I was out and about on vacation or something and there was nothing else available to me, I would probably drink some, you know, drip coffee at the restaurant, at the bed and breakfast, uh, at, you know, in the hotel, at the, you know, uh, the continental breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to question, you know, what did you use to make this coffee? Well, if you're at a restaurant, you know, 99 times out of 100, you it's are just drinking drip. drip coffee. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like we said, it's, it's not the greatest. But when it comes right down to it, what are you trying to get out? of the coffee at that moment. Yeah. And usually in those moments, I just want the caffeine because uh, I'm on the go and I, and caffeine does help. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm not in it for the flavors. I'm in it for another reason. And you look at the internet and you look at a bunch of articles about the Keurig coffee. It, it's like everybody is freaked out because the ultimate sh- m- machine that man has ever made for coffee is also costing you know the environment because oh, yeah. we're, we're wasting too much plastics. Right. I don't think that everybody is going to be swayed to use Keurigs in the long run. You're not going to find that, you know, uh, in the year 2017, 99.9 of the people are all using you know, Keurig coffee and we've just wasted all of the world's resources. Like that's not going to happen because some people care more about the, the flavor. Some people care more about the price. Some care more about the convenience. Right. And you're, you're always going to have that. Like you, you illustrated earlier. I mean, there, there's that old saying you want it better, faster, or cheaper, pick two. You, know, you, you can't have, <laughs> if, I mean, you that's can, the, if you can get two, that's the golden goose. That's what everybody's chasing. Right. And, and to me, that's part of the, that's part of the romance. It's part of the attraction, you know, these different methods and, and taking more time and, and measuring and weighing. And that's just part of the mystique of the whole, of the, of the whole coffee experience. But if that, if that doesn't interest you, no, no matter what Joe and I, and I say to you, that's not, that's not going to convince you. Right now, if 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 convenience is the, is the driving force, Keurig's the way to go. Yeah. Another thing about the Keurig is that if you do go with a Keurig, try to get one that allows you to use the reusable K cup filters. That way, you could buy your own beans, right. ground them the, yourself, and you would get more of the fresh flavors. But again, remember because you're using an electric an electric drip sort of um, brewing system with a Keurig, it ultimately doesn't get the most out of those flavors. Try to use the reusable filters, but just remember, it's going to take it up a notch. It's not going to take it up seven notches. Yeah. And there's also um, one of the things that, that, that I discovered using those, re- those refillable filters is it's going to – just like when, when they make espresso. They pack it in. Yeah. They put the, okay. the, they put the dose of espresso in there and, and then they tamp it down. It's tight. So it, it, it restricts the flow of water a little bit. It keeps it, keeps it in – in the in the grounds a little bit oh, longer, okay. it helps. You know, if you if you put it in there loosely, you're going to get a weaker cup of coffee. The water's going to go through a whole lot faster than if you than if you tamp it down a little bit and make that mound of grounds tighter in there. You know, kind of res- restrict the water flow a little bit. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our discussion this week. What do you say, Eric? I think yeah, I think we've talked enough about Keurigs and expectations. I believe this completes episode twelve of Top Brew. 
And you can find our show notes for this week's episode at toprew.fm slash 12. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at toprewfm. And you can always find us on facebook.com slash toprewfm. And if you have a coffee question that you would like us to talk about on the show, please leave your questions for us in a message on Facebook or in a tweet that includes the uh, hashtag AskTopRoo in there so that we know that you would like us to discuss it on the next episode. And uh, so finally, I want to also say thanks again to Thrasher Coffee, our awesome sponsor. And the show is made possible by their support. And, you know, if you enjoy Thrasher Coffee, let them know that you've heard about them from us and use the coupon code MADCAP to get 10% off of your next order. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks so much for listening to Top Room.